Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Hey everyone, just a quick note. Now, between the time of recording this, the 1st of February, and this going out, there have been about 72 to 96 hours, depending on how much of a superfan you are, even longer before you've listened to this. Now, I've tried to keep this as up-to-date as possible because new information is coming out all the time. I've had to cut out entire sections and interviews, but some of this may be slightly out of date by the time you listen. For example, the number of cases has risen to about 17,486 and deaths to about 362. I just want you to keep that in mind. Uh, We have done as much as possible to keep it accurate, but of course, things change. Anyway, enjoy. Hello and welcome to Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? Yeah, it's that science and tech podcast that you really, really enjoy, especially when it comes out in a timely manner. I'm your host, Alex Lathbridge. I'm, of course, joined by Hannah Ayub and Sahail Patel. Hello. Oi, oi. And, you know, you can hear that Oz is is not with us. Is Hannah, he? where is he? Uh, Oz has run away. Yeah, he's moved. I mean, he's not dead. He's just not in the studio or in the UK for a little bit. But you know, we're just gonna raise morale, get get some some rolling guests in. You know, he will still be about. We're gonna get him to do like episodes and that, and you know, make this podcast become truly international to to achieve its final form, total dominance over the the science and tech podcast world. But you know, we still miss him. He's yeah. gone. He's moved to Portland. He's gone. He's, he's gone. So um, we thought, ah, oh, you know what we should do to increase morale? We should get someone in that, you know, makes us happy. It brings, if not a similar amount, maybe more expertise than Oz might in certain situations. So, you know, we went through, we looked at a list of people and there's very few people because Oz, he leaves a, it's a really high bar, you know, yeah, especially when big, working. big shoes to fill. Yeah, especially when yeah. working someone so long, it's tough, you yeah. know, and the time difference. And it hurts. It hurts when, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's I don't think it was that difficult. Right, no. For me, it was. For me, it was. But of course, we found someone fucking amazing. Yes, person did. who's fucking amazing. Can you please introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Shivani Dave. I'm also brown and queer. So, nice. I mean, you're that, that ticking all those diverse hey, boxes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. If Oz hears this, you're be like, wow, so I'm replaceable, am I? <laughs> wow. No, what we're trying to say, it's full of love. But of course, we had to find, like, when you lose someone that big, you have mm. to find someone really good to fucking... No, bring it back. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So, Shivani, can you tell us uh, who you are? What it is you do? Why are you know? Why are you gracing us here? Uh, so, I'm a physicist turned journalist, right. and um, just here because I slept here last night. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say that is a bangy shirt. Thank you. Yeah, well, Thank got you. bananas on it. Top bananas. Yeah, all these it's different just, bananas, all it's green. Legit. This yellow. So, yeah. uh, can you explain why you were sleeping here last night? I just really wanted to make sure I was on time for this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that is the only, yeah. so, um, it's nice that someone wanted to be on time for the podcast. Wow, okay. Uh, so we're going to take that because we get that. We get, you know, there's that running back and forth joke. I say joke that we are always not here on time. But Shivani, this thing's new. So uh, why were you sleeping here last night? I just really wanted to be on time. Really? Really wanted to be on really? time. So um, roughly how many hours did you give it? How long were you sleeping here? Uh, probably since like 3 a.m. Oh, so when did you leave here? 
leave here to go where? Just uh, in general, you know, when did you, when did you, why, why was this the closest point for you? I mean, I was, I was around Central oh, London. Why were you around Central London? Just, you know, it's a Friday night. Oh, okay. Like went for a, a nice walk. Oh, you went for a walk? Yeah. And so the walk, so between a walk, and I'm going to assume you didn't go for a walk at like midnight, maybe you went for a walk earlier? Right? I was around midnight. Oh, around midnight yeah. you were at walking. Yeah, and then maybe you, like half 12. Maybe half 12. So mm. between half 12 and three, what was going on in that moment? All right. I think I got lost. You got lost. Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll never find out why you chose to take residence inside. The mystery remains unsolved. It's going to remain a mystery, obviously. Sad times. <laughs> Sad times. So we've got that out, out of the way with Shivani, but... Um, I was having sex all night, so... <laughs> Look, this is factually accurate. <laughs> I'm also like continuing to like count down the days until I can like actually see my boyfriend again and also have some warm weather. I can't actually tell whether like which of those two I'm looking forward to more anymore. Okay. He's going to love to hear that. Yeah. I've told him that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mostly when he complains that he misses winter and I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not allowed. No, you're not allowed. You're on a tropical island. Enjoy it. Do, do neither of I you like miss cold. each other? Of course I miss him. Of that course. goes without saying. So... Away from this boring side of the table, uh, you two are both journalists. So, hail Shivani, you both begin with S. This is lovely. Can you tell us what has been happening in the news recently? Like, what is a big thing that has been going on? Coronavirus. What? Coronavirus. What's that? It's uh, it's uh, basically become a massive bit of misinformation. Oh yeah. Yeah. And lots of people are freaking out about it <laughs> and getting very racist about it. Very racist. Yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty accurate like summary of a lot of the news at the moment. Yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you sleep here. <laughs> Just so diligent. In December, mm -hmm. a previously unknown coronavirus, which mm -hmm. has now been named 2019 NCOV. Catchy. I know, really catchy. Um, it means novel coronavirus, actually. Emerged oh. in the Chinese city of Wuhan. Mm. Do you know where Wuhan is? No. It is in a province of China, and I don't actually know how to pronounce the province properly. And seeing as we're a podcast that, you know, it, we look at things from a different perspective, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to like mm. you be the people. It. No, 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 I did done something one better. Um, so it is in the province of Hubei. Oh, you got sound effects. Yeah. Well right. So Wuhan is the capital of Province. Right. So at the time of recording, there's about 10,000 confirmed cases of the virus. Is that a lot though? So this <laughs> is the thing, right? It's, mm. so it's affected 24 different states worldwide, including now the US and the UK, because obviously those are the countries that everyone cares about. Um, the death toll is, is that uh, 259 mm. as we're recording now? Mm. It's less than 5% of the cases. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's not as bad as SARS in terms of death toll. Um, but the numbers are now like higher than SARS, which was a previous coronavirus. Mm. The thing is, there is shit tons of uncertainty around this at the moment. You yeah. know, it could be that there are loads of milder cases that aren't being picked up. And so that the virus is actually less severe than we think it is. And that the death toll is lower than we think it is. It is also possible that particularly in less developed areas of the world that people are getting the virus in quite you know a severe way and are dying from it and those cases also not being tracked and picked up so it's really difficult to actually know where we are mm. with this at the moment because it's still really early days yeah that's really interesting i mean there's a little thing that you said there which is like it was like you said it was almost like a caveat but it was like the countries that only matter what do you mean by that um, so just to be clear, I was mm. very much taking the piss by saying that um, yeah. we only care about the UK and the US. But I think I'd be interested in Shivani's opinion on mm. this as well. But you generally mm. find a lot of the reporting recently has been like, has it arrived in the UK? Oh, some people yeah. have been tested in the UK. Oh, are there any cases in the UK? It's like... Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's partly because we live in the UK. And so our main media sources are UK focused yeah. news sources. Speak for yourself. I'm joking. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you work for again? <laughs> I forget sometimes. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, yeah, so that's, I think, why. I know, that's a fair point. And I think there is a lot of, like, worry around it, isn't it? And I've heard people having conversations being like, but it's been quite jokey as well. People who are like, oh, I don't want to die from coronavirus. You know what I mean? It's like, have you, have you guys had that? 
I've been indoors quite a lot. (laughs) Blind shut, bubble wrap. So uh, people keep asking, you know, what's a coronavirus? Well, what we call a coronavirus is actually, it's a big family of viruses. It's called the coronaviruses. They were first discovered in the 60s and found to what? What? Am I wrong? No, 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 you're not. I don't know why. It's something about your tone. Oh, right. This, this is my, well, fuck you. <laughs> fuck all of you. Looking, looking, don't judge no, come me. Come on, this is interesting. Carry it's, on. Yeah, uh, fuck yeah, it's uh, interesting. Man. I love you, Alex. I, I, I thought coronavirus was a Pacific virus. No, thank you. Thank you for teeing me up into this. It is being like talked a lot about yes. as just yeah. the Absolutely. coronavirus. But now, yeah. What you're saying is a type of virus. Exactly. So it's a family of, a family okay. of viruses. All right. Shivani's yeah. nodding ahead like she knows this shit. So that explains kind of like why you've seen a lot of pictures on Twitter, for example, mm. the health site of all health sites mm. being like, oh, this cough syrup has like, oh, it'll, it'll be good for virus, coronavirus, it'll, be, it'll cure coronavirus, it'll cure coronavirus. And people are like, oh, obviously this isn't some new virus then. Yeah, essentially. So it's a family of viruses. Um, they were first discovered in the 60s and found that um, some of them cause diseases in mammals and birds and that. And so SARS, remember SARS? Big good in time, two, yeah. Big in 2002 and 2003, like the Venga Boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Old uh, school cultural reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toonami. Nice. A bit of Dragon Ball Z that oh, was yeah. aired in the UK. Um, yeah, it was a coronavirus. So it was called severe acute respiratory syndrome. Severe acute respiratory... Sev- <coughs> severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus. It's Yay, a... It's well a done. Yeah, yeah. MERS. Nice. Nailed it. MERS is another one. Middle Eastern resti- respiratory... You know what the fuck I mean. Basically, it's a coronavirus, right? So fun fact. Yeah. I was living in Singapore during the SARS outbreak. Uh, we're going to come back to that because yeah. that that's you have funny yeah, stories about it was that. 1927. I have so many fun stories. Um, so it is a type of um, coronavirus, and what's really interesting is uh, this this coronavirus, uh, 2019 novel coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, we're now just going to call that coronavirus. All right, it's like share or prince, unless you you lot can think of a better name. Because they've called it, yeah. um, the World Health Organization have called it uh, 2019 Novel Coronavirus Acute Respiratory Disease to describe it all, which means it's called NARD. Nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so we're calling it NARD. So NARD, basically coronavirus, this is NARD, um, is a completely new strain. So people don't really have existing immunity. Um, so in anyone encounters you know, they will be, they won't be immune to it, but um, there's lots of uncertainty about this. And it's entirely possible that thousands of people might have encountered it just as a cold. So what's interesting about it, it shares over 80% of his genome with SARS. But remember that isn't like ridiculously huge. So for like context, humans share 98% of our DNA with chimpanzees. Exactly. So a small difference can make quite a, a, a small percentage difference can make quite a big difference wow. in how something actually lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important, especially when you think about like viruses themselves and um, like they're going to be like 2% of listeners who are super into like virology who are going to get really mad at all this simplification I'm doing. But like viruses themselves are like really small gobstoppers is how I think about them because they've got this like protein case on the outside and the sweet innard is like um, RNA, so like genetic information, you know, RNA, we have DNA, um, and most viruses use RNA, some use DNA as well. Um, but within that, um, most viruses have something called positive sense single-stranded RNA, that, that's that's the group they, they fall into. And so, you know, this, this novel coronavirus, NARD, it's exactly the same way, much like SARS, much like MERS, much like, you know, the virus that causes hepatitis C, um, you know, even the viruses, like the, the group of viruses that cause the common cold, they're all positive sent single-stranded RNA. And it's not like we have, you know, we have we have billions of bases of like, of, of bases of, of DNA, whereas with, the, you know, with this, this coronavirus, it's, it's in the thousands. So you can see how like small differences can actually play a much bigger, bigger role, if that makes sense. And yeah. if you think of like the base pairs as words in a recipe, that gives you an idea for like how complicated that recipe is. So like humans are like, you know, books and books and books, whereas like, you know, an RNA might just be a paragraph. Like, sorry, mm. a bit of virus RNA. Mm. Yes. But, you know, I think it's quite interesting is how we're speaking about it, because I always think I'm going to die from this is how people are trying to say. Shall yeah, we're I? definitely not going to die. Yeah. Like we're, we're probably going to be OK. Yeah. Yeah. OK. I hope so. Yeah. 
So, I, mean, I mean, if I get it, I probably will die, given that I have all the like existing respiratory conditions. Well, oh man. Yeah, it sucks for you, doesn't it? It really, really does. <laughs> it sucks for me for many, many reasons. Um, this, is, this is why my bedtime reading last night was figuring how salty a solution I should shove up my nose. Anyway, um, like the best description I've heard of like coronaviruses, like generally, but also this specific one, not, is that it's a cold that's learned to kill. All right. Mm. Um, and like the, that sounds like a Bond villain. I know, right? You know? Um, so like eighty percent of people, um, their main symptoms are fever and a cough. Um, but then there's also sort of your other usual sort of cold, fluey type symptoms. So tired, difficulty breathing, high temperature. Oh my god, I've got no coronavirus. All right, you can. But, th- but this yeah. is one of the massive issues with like trying to track this in the West, right? Especially like the Northern Hemisphere. Is it's winter. Mm. Like we're all a bit sniffy. We're all mm. a bit tired. Everyone's sort of battling cold. And there's been a few quite nasty colds and flu-like viruses going around anyway, which could be tricky when it comes to like diagnosing. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I was going to say the question I was going to ask is what's like the evolutionary benefit then to learning to kill. What is that? What benefit does it give you the virus? So if you go back, if mm. we like sort of backtrack to sort of evolution 101, so something is going to spread if it sort of keeps spreading. Mm. So what's going to be sort of selected for is anything that makes it spread more. Yeah. Um. So this is why you sometimes get viruses that like spread kill very quickly, but then actually stop spreading because mm. dead mm. people aren't as infectious. Just, yeah. Um, whereas what often happens when the virus is sort of replicating itself. So mm. Alex was saying earlier about viruses not being dead or alive. They generally hijack our cells and get our cells to replicate them. Mm. Mm-hmm. But at the point that they burst out of the cell, they kill cells. And obviously once that starts happening, mm. once the virus mm. is bursting out of cells, cells are dying. That has knock on effects. With SARS, one of the massive issues was actually mm. the immune response. Mm. So it wasn't the virus itself that was killing people. It was the body just wow. going into this like crazy storm of like high temperatures and immune responses. And our, our immune system can get a little bit confused between self and non-self when mm. it tries to fight infections off. Mm. And then it, you just end up sort of with your immune system out of control. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, that. Interestingly, that's one of the reasons why the norm, like, you know, the sort of common strains of flu that come around every winter can impact young, healthy people, especially young, healthy men, the mm. worst. Because they've got... The, because they've got really yeah. high-functioning immune systems. Oh, fair. Oh, wow. Shit. That is, that is just some actual facts on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a bit carried away. No, 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 that's good. good And and also just since we're on that topic, like, you know, we're talking about this scary epidemic here, but just generally look after yourself, have good hygiene and get your flu jabs. Um, I mean, we're trying to make it less scary by calling it Nard, you know. (laughs) Nard is a pretty good name, all right? You can't really put respect on Nard's name, (laughs) all right? Journalist people, do do you guys know, like, where it came from? Like, what what people are saying? So people are saying things, Mm -hmm. but it might not necessarily be true. But say it anyway. People think it's come from bats Mm -hmm. because they think that people in the Chinese province of have been eating bats, which gave them the virus. That's not true. It's not true. I've been eating bats for years. I've never had a problem. Okay, first things first, can we we put out the fact that Shivani fucking gets it? (laughs) Shivani teed up me being able to use... (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting invited back. I'm still not 100% whether like that sounds better or worse than I was trying to pronounce it. This was from Google Translate, all right? When I typed in... It said... Okay, when you collect both Chinese traditional and Chinese simplified. Okay, stop now. You mean Hubei? (laughs) (laughs) Alex just He might be wrong (laughs) He might be wrong I might be wrong (laughs) (laughs) So yeah Keep going with that Bats and that Yeah so people were like Oh they're they're, they're eating bats And that's given them some Mad disease That's going to kill everyone And obviously that's Not There's no basis behind that Like we don't know where it's come from Mm. Um, So there's just a lot of 
internet traction behind that with no actual basis which is pretty much how the internet works so what's really interesting is that scientists um when they first analyzed like the first 10 or so patients um they did like genome analysis and they found that it suggests like this common point of origin like you say people are pushing towards the idea that it was this one like food and livestock market and so it's yeah people are going crazy online people it's wild online crazy ableist sir Bad shit. My God. Slow clap. Thunderous applause. (laughs) Nice. That's one of the stock sound effects. You're having far too much fun with this new mixer, aren't you? I really am. All right. You can even take it back. We can even do a throwback to like our previous, previous intro. Nice. Look at that. That's wicked. I know, right? That's dope. But we don't want to do that now. We've moved on. We're refined. We're refined. So, um, but what's really interesting in with this is again how much fear has come up and everyone's like we're gonna get it we're gonna get it we're gonna get it so hannah how can we get it i mean i say it like it's a fucking new, <laughs> let's new, go get it hannah like it's a new some new like jordan's drop you <laughs> outside like some hypey shop <laughs> let me go on StockX and find the latest coronavirus <laughs> so hannah how can we get coronavirus <laughs> Um, so as we've said about like a lot of the things we're saying there is still a lot of uncertainty I'm gonna sort of keep saying that um because I think a massive issue with the internet going batshit um and you know media hype is that a lot of experts are actually saying like things that aren't aren't proven so yeah lots of uncertainty but chances are that like like with a lot of other respiratory conditions it's transmitted through close contact um particles we're breathing out water droplets all those sort of things um something that's worth mentioning is like you'll have seen like loads of pictures of people with masks or like you know sort of diy masks on um those are most effective for preventing you from giving anyone else something oh wow they're actually like unproven at stopping you from getting something from anyone else Mm. and also just generally the masks being sold don't have enough of like don't have that great a seal on them which is quite Mm. interesting um yeah but but is that all of the masks because they're recommending certain ones over other ones certain ones are better than others but a lot of official advice is you wear one if you're feeling unwell right not you know, which will also help actually like maintain stocks so that they're used in the most effective way. Um, Official Singapore government advice at the moment is only wear them if you're feeling unwell. There was some great official line out of some government, I don't know who, but someone really important was like, can you, this was a while ago, it was a few weeks ago. And they're like, "Um, so there's this virus that's going around. We don't really know what it is. It's a bit scary, but we've run out of masks. So we're really just also asking people not to use bras as masks. Wow. <laughs> that was That's pretty hilarious. much the gist of it. Like, so bras were like a really common thing during SARS. Like, you would yeah. actually see people out and about in Singapore with like half a bra over their face. Wow. Um, the main thing about like using anything for a mask is that it you want to de- like apart from certain like medical grade filtration things, you want to be able to like throw it away every day. So generally using things like a bra is probably not a good idea. Mm. Or you're a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like a and thousand bras. Yeah. Right, let's get that bravissimo money. Um, it reminds me of a new superhero concept. No. <laughs> bra man. Oh, bra man. Fighter of- anyway. <laughs> Why would you not use something like literally any other sort of material? So, uh, Apparently uh, like kitchen towel and a rubber band or sanitary pads like do work. Right. So, but could nice. you not use like a bandana? Go a, bit, go a bit like cowboy <laughs> yeah. western yeehaw about, culture but I think like disposable things are good so things you can change every day mm. which again bra not actually yeah that, not disposable like, yeah. I mean they're expensive yes, they're really so expensive. expensive what about fake moustache sorry this this podcast <laughs> is not sponsored by Bravissimo so <laughs> yeah of course it's not because they're bloody expensive too expensive alright jeez jeez although right. if they are listening and they can chuck us a free bra <laughs> yes please I really need some I'll new take ones. seven Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Shivani Especially coming on. Especially since are the only bras that actually I find comfortable. Anyway, moving on. Does anyone want to know the name of the website that Singapore has set up so that people can pick up their free masks? It's called Mask Go Wear. Mask Go Wear. <laughs> that is genius. It's the most Singapore thing I've ever heard. So how can we get this? Like it's a hype beast type thing. How can we get, how can we Close get? transmission. So if someone who has the virus spits in your mouth, you're probably going to get it. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but equally, like, you know, if 
if anyone in this room had it, we would probably be in close enough contact to like breathe in droplets and things. Is this a bad time to tell you guys, get out? <laughs> no, but, but seriously, what were you doing last night between the hours of 12 and 3? <laughs> Coronavirus. We knew it. <laughs> because you, you talk a lot about spitting into people's mouths. I'm wondering, why is that? Why is that on your mind? It's my favourite activity. Just Sahel so was doing that last night, right? Oh, I was yeah. doing a lot Big of man, yeah. So like, oh, you had McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah, please. Um, one of the interesting things about NARD um, is that the incubation period, so the time between you sort of getting it and symptoms being shown can, is between one and 14 days, as we've been saying, lots of uncertainty. Um, and it's unusual because with a lot of other respiratory viruses, that's much shorter. So, you know, you get it and then you're showing symptoms. And obviously once people are symptomatic, they are less likely to be out and about and transmitting something. So, um, journalists in the room. Yes, my friend. What has the World Health Organization done? They've uh, declared it a national, an international emergency. Yeah, was that is that the word? Yeah, I'd say yes. Something along those lines. I'm happy to accept that. They call it a public health emergency of international concern. Yeah, that's the one. Hey, that's scary. Yeah. Journalist people, why are you making everything so scary when we find out these things? It wasn't me. It was the World Health Organization. Okay. It was me. I accept responsibility for this. Okay. I appreciate I apologize. that. apologize. But um, <laughs> it's actually really interesting, this sort of framework. It's like um, the fucking spirit bomb from Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Um, because <laughs> everyone, every, thank you. I know how to talk about science apparently. Um, basically means that everyone has to, every member state has to like take this fucking seriously. It means a public health risk that has been determined to pose a risk outside one member state and is usually used when an incident may require international action. It was set up after SARS and it can be anything. It can be infectious diseases. It can be chemical agents. It can be, you know, nuclear material. Basically, it's this last resort measure. Mm. But I think like even the phrase last resort measure is a bit scary. Oh, yeah. Whereas ultimately this sort of framework has been set up so that everyone is primed to stop this from becoming scarier. Mm. But this is we're already pretty scary. Like this, this has only been used in like the scary zones. All right, it's been used six times so far. Um, but, it, but six times since 2003, which really isn't, you know. Oh, that's scary enough, right? Come no, on. Think, but to me, yeah. that means like every couple of years we've had something like this but, and it's been dealt with. Also, the framework is put in place so that it deals with the issue as yeah. opposed to like it getting worse and worse and worse. And then there's a, there's like a shitstorm where everyone's like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do about all these people dropping dead? It's like people are having to take proactive measures rather than reactive. I feel like you haven't been on Twitter. <laughs> and I think also, like we live in a globalised world and we need a globalised response. So I think like one of the things that is actually scares me a lot more would be if countries weren't talking, weren't cooperating. So ultimately everyone's just having to look after their own borders and their own cases. And that actually takes a lot of control away from like public health organizations. Mm. Whereas the fact that there is a coordinated response going on, the fact that the WHO has stepped in and has, you know, put in place this thing that means that everyone, as we were saying, has a legal duty to respond is positive. Mm. It is possible, but it's a reaction of the media, of, of society that has mm. been What's overly the fact that emo- emotional. Yesterday, was, was it yesterday or the day before? I don't know, time is a weird thing. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Um, so there was, there was the people who landed um, mm. from Hubei yeah. uh, province. They, they came to... Uh, they came to the UK mm. and uh, they were all quarantined and they were like transported in four coaches and on the coaches it said horsemen and there were four coaches that said horsemen and everyone wow. on Twitter was like, oh, this wow. is mad. It's the four horsemen. Like, oh, they, we're all going to die. Everyone's going to die. And that's yeah. just, that's why it's such, well, that's why everyone thinks they're going to catch it. Listen, people are crazy. We realise this. Crazy is ableist. ableist. People are silly and uninformed. Oh, batshit. Batshit, batshit, that's another one. Um, but think about it, like, you know, Hannah, you're saying, you know, we shouldn't freak out about this, but this this framework, you know, it's been used six times. It's yeah. 2009, swine flu, first mm-hmm. time, then 2014, polio, then 2014, still, Ebola, and then Zika in 2016, and then 2018, Kivu, Ebola, so that's mm-hmm. Ebola too, electric boogaloo, and now, you know, coronavirus. Okay, so... 
something all, some, all quite bad things to have had yeah. Yeah, yeah like they are all bad things but i'm gonna say like two things that i think maybe give me a different sense of perspective to like so swine flu first thing as someone who has all those extra respiratory complications i was one of the first people to get the vaccine now when the swine flu vaccination came out that mm. was the point at which we realized that way more people had been already exposed to swine flu than we'd ever realized I was one of the people who reacted to it. I had a dead arm for a week after the vaccine because I previously had swine flu without realizing. Wow. And most people I knew who were vaccinated had similar responses. So I think often because of the media, because of all the uncertainty, we can focus in on the worst cases mm. without actually looking at the whole thing. Yeah. My other sense of perspective comes from the fact that I was living in Singapore, a place that had massive issues with SARS during SARS. Mm. And I saw, you know, a government response that meant that it was kept, it was brought straight under control. Yeah. This is about 12. So it's first year of secondary school um, when the SARS outbreak hit. Um, like it was that, you know, that creeping sort of fear thing that like, you, you know, like we're seeing it in the news now, but except Singapore is, you know, a country that is smaller than Greater Manchester. So it felt really close. It felt like this was something that was happening right around you. Um, very quickly, like school, um, all schools closed down for two weeks. Um, although we still got loads of work sent to us electronically. That was fun. Like a really um, shit version of a snow day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, our school like rushed through this online system. They'd been trying to get up anyway. So we had to work for two weeks. Um, and then when we went back to school, we were like issued with government thermometers um, and we had to take our temperature twice a day at school. If it was high, you were sent home. There was this like, you know, it was this twin sense of like fear and real sense that this was something that was, you know, in your ba like backyard, in your neighborhood, mm. but also a sense that like, you know, shit was being done. Like mm. it was under control mm. um, and that you know, the government, the authorities were actually doing everything they could to stop the spread. And I think the really interesting thing is it's when those, you know, evidence-based measures mm. sort of take precedence over the fear, over the panic that something can get controlled. And I mean, yeah, it was scary, like mm. living through SARS. School was closed for two weeks. I remember going to A&E with an asthma attack and having to like go through like three levels of screening before I could even be put on a nebulizer. But the fact is that, you know, those things were not as bad as they could have been because of the response. Because of the organised response. Yeah. yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, we talked about mass hysteria in the past, isn't mm. it? And it's a thing that is a very real emotional, psychological thing that affects society, isn't it? And public at large. But also, you know, we're all going to die. Scary new virus is going to sell more papers and like get more people watching your headlines or whatever. It's true. Then hey, there's something that's kind of like, you know, we're not too yeah. sure. It might be bad, but like you'll probably be okay. Just wash your hands and mm -hmm. yeah, don't that, spit in people's mouths. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the nuance. It's like, it's, it's not a sexy story, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, 
So I think like a really interesting perspective I find also on the media thing is I saw like one of these, you know, WhatsApp like viral things sorry, mm. viral things that was being spread around and it was like oh let's look at all the things that have got better because of like the Wuhan virus and like you know the like the fight between like you know the USA and Iran has stopped and this has stopped and that has stopped I was like no the media has stopped reporting of those things <laughs> <laughs> the world has not like suddenly stopped everything else no if we I find if we stop talking about it it stops Oh, uh, is that the amount of power that you have? Well, that's like that's like that's like the Katie Hopkins thing. Like you stop giving her a platform, she stops. Mm -hmm. So you you do quite a lot of science stories as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, what has it been like there? Like, I mean, it's a mix. I think like there's always due diligence in the sense that like we'll always confirm facts and sources and check everything. We won't like publish something without knowing um, or broadcast something without knowing. But there is also that element of like we need lines. So death toll goes up one you know we're reporting that really um, yeah like you know 10,000 new cases like 11,000 cases like that kind of stuff brings that's a headline so that, really? that brings in the it piques your interest because it sounds bad it sounds like something yeah. you should be really alarmed about so they're like oh that's gonna get get the listeners or get the viewers or whatever yeah it is we do well i mean a lot of modern journalism is, is that kind of clickbait culture and it's not just modern journalism we've always had that with headlines trying to you know grab a viewer and like we've discussed in the past a lot of media organizations maybe not the bbc but a lot of them are um are businesses and they profit their, their existence operates on getting people to come through to the website isn't it you yeah know for I mean? sure for sure like that's how they mm. make their money so they want to have something that's kind of like sensationalized but yeah. you, because you do BBC Minute, don't you? Mm. So, I mean, can you explain what that is? So it's a one minute long bulletin every half an hour on partner stations around the world. Mm. So you're putting something out very, very frequently. How much change is a little bit of change? How much change is enough for you to be like, okay, let's put that into news? Is it like you say, literally one new death or one new case? Well, I mean, like, so we would be running the story probably for an, a few hours that day. And it would be something along the lines of over 10,000 people have been diagnosed or was it 200, over 200 people have now died. And um, sometimes to mix it up, it would be like, you know, seven new confirmed cases taking the the toll to whatever number and something, something along those lines. But we try not to, particularly on my team, because we do go out internationally and we do go out to a youth audience, as they like to call us. Youth. Uh, youth. Yeah, youth them. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, so they, they do try to be very careful in the language that they use. So we don't call it like new virus. We don't call it unexplained. We don't call it any of those things. We're just kind of like coronavirus, death toll risen, Chinese government say they're doing this or, you know, whatever government... Because usually a government will come out with like a line being like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Or this is the measures you should take or wash your hands or the World Health Organization saying something that could be a line rather than amplifying the the fear. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, a big thing, like we said, like social media has been really, really, really scary. Um, you know, while there have been really cool things, like have you seen that now that um, various sort of big cities and provinces have been quarantined in China? Um, that live streams of them building new hospitals have become like big, big things. Like yeah. people, yeah, people like big TV. Like people love this shit. They mm. give like names to all the little like cement trucks and mixers and that. Like you know, you can see you see those clips on the news. It's just like for, like twenty like like what are those things called the things with the arms you know, cranes. Cranes. I've got it. a tattoo of one. Like that, one of those ones. Yes, awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's, a it's, 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 it's the structural thing, the it's crane, the not, not, yeah. not the bird. Not the bird. Yeah, yeah not yeah. the bird. Just it's you know. It's audio. pretty cool. Um, it's quite it's cool, really, right? Yeah, really cool. yeah. So that's cool. happening you know, at the same time. I'm a legend. Yeah. So at the same time, <laughs> you got it. You yeah. saw the cranes. <laughs> so like, yeah, fuck it. I want to get inspired. Yeah. So, so at the same time, you know, we mentioned about masks before, uh, masks earlier. That you know, there there are videos of um, people using drones to go around and oh, telling yeah. people to like, you know, put their masks on or go back inside or, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's, it's kind of like, Oh, this is really good social media content. Bloody hell. That's really scary. Like very dystopian. Yeah. It's like, um, have you seen the TikTok compilations of, of the drones like going around? No. It's like, it's absolutely bad shit. And stop looking at me like that. I'm only going to say it more. Okay. Um, 
And I want to see this video. It's on t- like they're on TikTok. I'll try yeah. and find one. They're, what is they're... TikTok? I've never used it. What? <laughs> he, you are I'm not a youth anymore. You're not <laughs> wow. the youth. You're not youth. I'm, like, You're not I'm the not youth. sure you I'm count not, as I've never a journalist. Said I was. Yeah. You're not the youth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I mean, Shivani went there first. Listen, I'm not, I've never used TikTok, and I'm going to do it for this. I've never used it, video. but I know what it is. How have you never used TikTok? It's jokes. It's banter. Yeah, but it at least I know what it is. I'm missing out on this. It's so like, good. All my favorite TikToks are the my only favorite TikToks are the uh, like older ones. A couple of months back, with um, mm. that only use um, the Frank Ocean music. Yeah, know? I love that. I love that weird like distorted. Ch- anyway, okay. yeah, I, really, I need to watch. I need to yeah, it's, watch. It's, it's really good. good. It's but good. yeah, it is. It's it's going up in social media it's become a it's it's a it's cultural so dystopian. moment it's like watching a 10 second long episode of black mirror it's yeah um so that's been the interesting side of social media but the scary side has been you know talking about the media media bringing out new news and experts going around i don't say chatting shit but really working people up into a frenzy so um hannah and i have spoken about this person but i'm not going to bring the person in uh right away so what does the number 3.8 mean to you Meaning of life? That's 42. 3.8. The number of people I regret sleeping with. (laughs) (laughs) Who's the 0.8? How how stoned I am out of 10 right now. (laughs) You're going to have so much fun editing this one. Now I'm going to keep it all in because. (laughs) So so basically, the number 3.8 has been used in relation to this value. It's called the R0 value. And so the R0, or basic reproduction number, it's essentially a value used to see how far an infection can spread. So basically it's, oh God, are we all going to get it? The study came out a couple of weeks back that essentially said, you know, we think the R0 of this disease is 3.8. What it says is, for every one case you have, it will result in 3.8 new cases. So if a disease has an R0 of 12, it means, Shivani, if you get it, on average, you're going to give it to 12 other people, you know, so it's- I don't bit, even know 12 other people. Exactly. Definitely not even 3.8 of them. So <laughs> like, and so that number, people put it online, you know, this paper came out and there was one notable researcher who came out and started, well, he said some things. Um, he said that it was a thermonuclear pandemic level bad. So that sounds pretty bad. Yeah. What does that mean in human words? So it's, he's, that he was trying to get attention. So <sighs> it's uh, Dr. Eric Feigl Ding. He's a nutritionist from Harvard. He tweeted that he got 16k retweets. But is that like is that like a thirst trap, but for scientists? Yeah, essentially. Okay. No, no. Oz is a thirst trap for scientists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, seriously, if you've not seen his OnlyFans. All right. It's, I think you're like underestimating how much of a thirst trap Oz is for everyone. So uh, <laughs> basically the R0 value essentially saying that, you know, for every one person that gets this, it will spread to 3.8 people. And that's scary. You know, if you go into a room, you're going to contaminate a room. But it isn't as simple as that. The R0 isn't as simple as that because of a few reasons. Basically the R0 to begin with, it doesn't mean a worse disease overall. It's just a measure of potential. SARS had an R0 between two and five, but it only... Uh, infected 8,000 people. And also you've got to think about something called spread versus uh, fatality. So Ebola had a much lower R0 of between 1.5 and 2.5, but a ridiculously high fatality rate. Like it killed a lot of people, like up to 90% of the people who got it got killed. Also the R0 value, basically it's an average. And so a lot of the research right now is essentially working out the infection, the, this, this value for Wuhan, China. All right. So even this 3.8 value eventually got pushed back to 2.5. It got revised, but it's an average. It's still an average of within China. So once and so once you have a, a nation, you know, if it, the R naught of China might be different from the R naught of of the UK. Basically, the the infectability might be different because of different public health, different infrastructure, all of these different things. Or you can have a super spreader event. So basically, that's one person who like just fuck shit up. I think SARS had a few super spreaders that actually spread to more than 100 people, if I remember correctly. You could have 20 people who do not infect anyone else, Mm -hmm. but you can have one person who infects loads of people and they bring that average up. So that's why it can be scary. And also it's just a really difficult value to calculate because you have to know so many things, how many cases there are, where people are moving to, like just, uh, it's tough. And all of this is happening very quickly and people are trying to, you know, peer review it as happens in science to make sure all the calculations, all the studies are being done properly, but it's happening in weeks. 
and as you know some of us know like science can take months if not years a lot of the time and so people are under a lot of pressure in situations like this to get things out very quickly Yeah, terrible things are being said. Like it's become hilariously racialized. Like mm-hmm. anyone who is looks vaguely Asian is. I think vaguely East Asian. Let's be like specific. Listen, yeah. now you know how it feels to be a brown man on the Central Line. Yeah, Alex has no idea how that feels. <laughs> I was going to say no. I think what's that's actually really cool. No, because think about it. Think about it. We're actually all of us non-white people are winning. All right, no one wants to sit next to me because apparently aggressive no one wants to sit next to anyone who looks vaguely muslim because terrorism and now and, we, and we all know that like muslims all look a certain way exactly all right certain skin color right and so now east asians they get the, the coronavirus thing public transport is ours now yeah we exactly. own that <laughs> put that in the whatsapp group the things that coronavirus has been good for all right we run this shit Fuck the back uh, of the bus we take the whole bus, bus yeah. <laughs> Instead of instead of instead of instead of people being like, oh, oh, you know, oh, mate, can you stop playing your music so loud that your speakers can be like, oh, what? It's a clear exactly. All right, you'd be very happy if someone was playing music out the speakers. No, but there's something to be said that you make a good point. Where is actually, it's easy to group people of certain races, isn't it? Like, um, oh, these people are like this. You know what I mean? And that is actually one of the worst things to come out of this. I'd say. Mm. there's two terms that are used quite a lot so one is like security theater which is often the response to a terrorist attack and the other one is pandemic theater which is the response to Mm. a um to a pandemic or epidemic and both of them have you know like this theatrical side to them of all these effects that actually aren't doing anything and i think there is quite a lot of parallel between like the response you get to people who look middle eastern or south asian when a terrorist attack happens versus the response you get to people who look East Asian or Southeast Asian when you have, you know, a novel virus coming out of Asia, like it, and neither of these things are like actually a valid response. It's, it's not going irrational. to actually work. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, have you, Hannah, have you had anything in your DMs or anyone being vaguely racist to you about this? Well, no one being racist to me. Okay. Um, so hey, what about you? I've seen, I've seen some, uh, WhatsApp like statuses of like people being like, Oh, I'm sitting next to a Chinese family. But you yourself haven't had any. Shivani. Who updates their WhatsApp status? Okay. Yeah, I know. I thought only my parents did that. Like, you know what I mean? Okay, but we are... Are you sure you don't mean like tweets? I've seen a lot of tweets, nothing directly personal. Well, let's get someone on the line who has actually had this shit happen to them. Oh my God, I'm going to do a fucking call. Nice. This is the first time we're doing this, we should add. Yeah, yeah, wait. Call it in. Call her number five. Oh, yeah. Bars. Hey, what's up? I'm Kyle Marion, and I am a comedian based in New York City. It's a bit gloomy today, uh, but trying to, trying to, you know, stay indoors because it is flu season. So the reason we've got you on, uh, you know, also to exchange pleasantries and like find out what's going meteorologically in New York. Um, what's with coronavirus? Um, how's it been affecting you? Over the last weekend, it was Lunar New Year. And so New York City was packed with a lot of Asian comedy. Um, I was part of the first New York City Asian comedy festival and a lot of celebration. But around that same time, too, was when news about coronavirus, um, the Wuhan coronavirus was breaking, right? And so um, it felt really like weird to be watching the news where a lot of the the conversation about the breaking coronavirus stuff was, you know, sharing information, but not necessarily carefully and sensitively to how there is such a long history of anti-Asian sentiment, particularly tied to certain parts of the culture, like food and that sort of thing. Um, Especially one of the early uh, breaking news about where the coronavirus um, in Wuhan probably started, which is in the the uh, markets, right? Where branded on national news, it was quote unquote omnivorous markets in China. Um, and then the next thing is, you know, bad practices, food practices um, in Chinese culture. And American food culture isn't exactly that great either. Every other month, there is a lettuce break outbreak 
somewhere. Um, Sorry, what? Yeah, a lettuce outbreak. Yeah, nobody, nobody talks about it. And then people are like, oh my gosh, don't go to the Chipotle. Uh, oh no, you're tacos. What's wrong with the lettuce? Is Sorry, it, everyone what, here is looking very confused. What, what, I think what, there's what, basically what? some contagious diseases associated with lettuce. Oh, I thought the lettuce just sprung out of nowhere. <laughs> no, 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 the lettuce evil. itself is not contagious. <laughs> like evil lettuce taking over New York because yeah. I'm shit. Don't you go eat into, a lettuce, you become a lettuce. Yeah, don't go into Chipotle. Chipotle will fuck you up. They've got lettuce for days. <laughs> hey, fucking lettuce. Yeah, and then just as, you know, part of like this entire celebration over a weekend of Asian diaspora, Asian comedy, it felt different to them breaking out of that celebration into the rest of the world and social media where I would get random DMs. Oh, yeah. That was just like incredibly racist. What kind of stuff? What kind of stuff are we talking about here? So I think the one that was like most shocking to me, um, uh, really popular YouTubers who posted a short video, a short clip from their upcoming video of just like, cautioning people when talking about the coronavirus because it's not just about you know saying where it's from it's also being mindful that the way that you talk about it can be racist right and racializing uh something like public health issues isn't great um so it was just this one caution and so i posted this tiny little you know thanks for speaking up especially because they're people with a massive social footprint. And so that's when all the trolls came out. And so like this random person who, you know, has just a generic photo that, you know, doesn't show anything about them, just sent me a message with like musical notes. And it just says, me Chinese, comma, me country joke, comma, we eat rats and bats and sewage oil. Wow. And then musical emojis. No. And, that's fucked and up. And it's like, as a comedian where mm. roasting is an art form in our community, mm. this was just so, <laughs> so lazy. Like, yeah. Also, I mean, if you know, leave it to people who don't really think about what they write, but like me Chinese, me country joke is literally what an American sounds like who doesn't speak any other language wow. going to another country. Which is a total disrespect on DMs. Like, that's not what they were invented for. They were invented for the nudes. That's, just, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's such a holy place. How dare you? You know, you're in the sanctity of the DMs. <laughs> but when you look at this and this entire thing in the context of, you know, all these other diseases, you know, all your lettuce crises over there, like how do you view this being something that's become sort of a vessel for racism, this disease? or this, this outbreak? There are so many generations of Asians here. And for, you know, a random person to just like look at, uh, you know, an Asian the wrong way just because they sneeze. Mind you, it's also flu season, right? If an Asian sneezes, everyone's like, oh my God, coronavirus, get away. But if a white person sneezes, then it's like, oh, you got the flu. And uh, like, again, the Ebola virus was like another one, too, where, it was, you know, there was fear tied to uh, a community, um, particular communities, but not everybody. Exactly. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And uh, I'm going to have to let you go now, Kyle. Thanks, folks. Bye. Bye. See you later. But like, it's not surprising that disease is associated with food, right? Food is what we eat, like food can transmit things. Like that is not actually surprising. I think the thing, like what we're talking about, about swine flu, BSE, lettuce, it is the fact that food seems to be picked up and focused on when there is an ethnic element, a cultural element. And when someone can talk about the food being exotic, I'm very much putting that in quotation marks. And I think so even the way we talk about what food and what livestock spreads disease is racist in itself. But the thing is, it doesn't happen the other way because like, you know, people had, you know, what we called mad cow disease, you know, bovine spongiform mm -hmm. encephalopathy. Um, and now, you know, people don't care about British beef. There wasn't a whole thing, at least in the UK, about Britain being bad. Britain is bad. The British are bad. It was just about the beef. I mean, like... There were things that happened, but they were sort of proportional. And I think this is the thing, like, you know, if you, if a, if an area of the world is associated with a disease, like part of the response as far as quarantine and prevention of spread goes is going to target those areas. Like that does make sense. And I don't think anyone is disputing that. 
So, for example, when it comes to BSE and British beef, me and my mum are both banned from giving blood in Singapore forever because we lived in the UK during that outbreak. Now, that is a sensible measure because it means that Singapore as a country has not encountered BSE enough to actually pay for a screening program, to actually screen every bit of blood that's given. It makes more sense to actually ban Brits from giving blood. You know, that makes sense. What they're not saying is because you're British and you, you know, it doesn't then take on those like, you know, sort of horrible, disgusting, you know, those sort of connotations that are often put onto diseases that come from say, East Asia. A perfect example of this sort of proportionate versus disproportionate response. Like I got this email last night. Um, I'm going on a cruise in a month. Mm. Um, I know, right? Um, Someone's fancy. I know, it's not my choice, um, but I'm looking forward Sorry, to it. Sorry, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean it's not <laughs> no, your choice? What I mean is like a cruise isn't the sort of thing I'd seek I'll out. Go, okay, I'll go, I'll okay, go. It's fine. Okay. You stay here, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. I'll have a great time. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. Moving swiftly on. So the email starts off quite sensible. It, you know, it explains all these extra like sanitation measures they've taken on with the cruise ships. It says that, you know, people who have been through mainland China or Hong Kong 15 days before the cruise departs, um, you know, won't be allowed to board, which could be argued to be an extreme measure, but at least it's, it actually says like irrespective of nationality. So, so if you were in China, in mainland China in the last 15 days. Before the cruise departs, you will not be allowed to board. That's crew and thing. But at least that's regardless of nationality. That is about a location, right? But you then, you go down it. And then there's the point that I literally took like a sharp, sharp intake of breath. And I know that my boyfriend did the same, which it says that these people will be subject to additional screening before they board. And it includes people who hold Chinese or Hong Kong passports, regardless of when they last visited China or Hong Kong. Now that means that essentially in a hypothetical world, right, me and someone who live in, who both live in London and have lived in London for years could both get on the same plane from, you know, London to Singapore, could both be in Singapore for a few weeks and could both then go to board that cruise. But because I have a British passport and they have a Chinese passport, they would have additional screening. Now there is no logic in that. There is nothing about that that is going to prevent the spread of the disease. That is targeting someone because of the passport they hold. That's ridiculous, right? Bat shit. <laughs> but I think that is actually like, it. you know, it is a really like clear portrayal of this thing we're talking about that, you know, you have things that make sense and then things that just veer sharply into xenophobia. As journalists, you probably know that it's not all gloom and doom, right? Like, when are we going to get a result? When is it going to be fixed? All right, you know the future, Shivani. All right, you work. I'm I'm not allowed to tell you that it's embargoed. Really? Yeah, it's embargoed. But, but, but how how like a week, two weeks to hell? It's confidential information. Basically, we're all fucked. You have far like fewer morals than Shivani. <laughs> yeah, I have no morals. Okay, so I mean, when when do you? So the statement still stands. The statement stands, but just great greater detail. <laughs> but you know there are people are trying to take measures you know um we are people are around the world trying to come up with vaccines for it they are trying to fight it you know uh, multiple institutes several institutes all around the world including at mm. imperial college the department of medicine big up i went there huh big up i went there oh yeah 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 gang 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 um yeah i mean they're like a lot of these places including uh, imperial they're hoping to get their animal models done in the next like few months so really moving fast with this but you know until then it's but i think it's also important to remember that like you know vaccines are not the only thing here that going back to what we're saying about the world health organization response that you know, preventing the spread, curtailing the spread is going to be a massive part of all of this. It always is in every epidemic and lots and lots of countries are working really hard to do that. Mm. We here have, um, are we, you can say we're allowed there, to say yeah. here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have put uh, little signs in the bathrooms so people know how to wash their hands, which I think is oh like problematic that that they had to do that in the first place. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, wait a second, has that sign always been there? No, <laughs> it's so they're new. Confused. They're new. I was like, yo, so, I, what is this sign? And does it tell okay, me what, anything what, I don't okay, know? What's it say? <laughs> what it's, does this sign say exactly? It's just like it's a diag it's diagrams of how the World Health Organization recommends that you wash your hands. Basically, make sure you wash everything in between fingers, under the nails. Like, I mean, this is the thing. You like, so mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. that, yes, you so yeah. 
What do people do? I mean, look, this place is filled with... Have you never watched people just walk out of a cubicle and like go straight out of the toilet? This place is silly, okay? We hot desk all the time. People, I've like genuinely seen people like walk out of a cubicle, go to their desk, bang, bang, bang on the keyboard. Like, and I'm just like... No, no. You I'm, need to do a, a side analysis. story where you swabble the keyboards. Oh, that's such a good idea. It'll probably get taken by someone else in the department. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at loads of the articles, videos, etc., about what you can do to like protect yourself from this new coronavirus, like it is all the same things that we should all be doing to protect ourselves from cold and flu and to just be decent, you know hygienic humans mm. like washing your hands and like keeping clean and mm. staying healthy i wash several times a month i love you know yeah okay so Is that your hands or generally <laughs> are you scrubbing your legs do you wash your legs yeah do I, wash oh. legs? I wash my whole body do you scrub your legs? Do I scrub? What is this? Do you scrub your legs? Do you scrub your legs? Or do I eat? Do you scrub your yes, legs? Yes, of course. I'm not heathen. And I also scrub my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from this conversation. Do you scrub your feet? This is getting very sexy. Do, do you scrub your feet? <laughs> do you scrub your feet? Do I do scrub, scrub my whole. Do you? My whole body. Cleanse, like between your toes and everything. Deluxe. I uh, do full um, spa day. Yeah. Seven. Seven times mm-hmm. a, a day. Do, do, do you do a colonic irrigation? Do you colonic irrigation? <laughs> yeah. I'm doing it myself. I've got my own kit. Yeah. I can do you if you want. Oh my, could you? <laughs> I was going to say to save some hell, but to save myself at this point. Um, there's a myth doing the rounds, like in the UK, apparently, that I haven't encountered, but that if you drink lots of alcohol, you'll like protect yourself from the virus. That's not true. I'm willing well, to test this. Yeah, I, that's what I was doing. Yeah. I'm yeah. Test, I'm science. Between yeah. yeah. and three. Let's drink. <laughs> So obviously that doesn't work, right? No, it doesn't work. To Get drink, drunk to for drink, science. To drink enough alcohol to kill the virus, you'd kill yourself. And also so, drinking- So technically it does work. Yeah, so technically it does work, but also drinking a lot of alcohol will suppress your immune system. Okay, mm. yeah. I mean- But I, then you die faster and then you'll kill the virus as well. It's true. Faster. For, for mm. society, for the good of society, drink yourself to death. <laughs> Please edit that bit out. God. No, I'm actually going to keep it in because you should not come to us for medical advice. <laughs> like this, this is not a. Yes, med- as the podcast title suggests, none of us are medical doctors. <laughs> no, no. We've come to the end of the podcast. This is the point where people generally make like sad noises, but I want them to be extra sad because Oz isn't here. Oh. Oh. Sorry, that's a bad noise. So we've learned a lot today. Have you, have you learned a lot? You feel like you've learned yeah, a lot about coronavirus? Educated. I've a lot. Yeah, I have actually. So what are you going to do to stop yourself from getting coronavirus, Shivani? Uh, wash my hands, uh, not eat ass, and... Uh... <laughs> not eat ass. I don't know if I could stop doing that. Um... I mean, fair play to you. Give it, Give yourself a good gargle no, after. Do you know what? Yeah, I want to I wanna catch it. I think I think viruses are like Pokemon. You've got to catch them all. <laughs> He's waiting for that drop. I was, I was waiting to do that joke the whole time. So Hannah, what are you going to do to stop yourself from getting coronavirus? Uh, keep washing my hands. There we go. And hope and cross my fingers that I'm allowed into Singapore in two weeks. Do you we need go. any instructions? We've got some in the office. Yeah. <laughs> in any case. As someone with a fucked up immune system, I know how to wash my hands. <laughs> it's like, boy in a bubble situation. No, no. I'm just gonna, he's not going to leave the house. We're going to wrap him in clean I'm just going to not leave the house. I don't really have a lot. I can't really do a lot of things. Have you seen that show, uh, Trailer Park Boys? No, oh, and I'm not having this conversation uh, with you. <laughs> In any case, any case, all right, any. I have been Alex Lathbridge. I've been joined by Sahel, Hannah and Shivani. Say bye. Peace. Bye. And this has been Why Aren't You a Doctor Yet? Bye. we talk about what food and what livestock spreads disease is racist in itself so mm. hannah can i ask like more on the eating thing mm. does it spread if you eat us as well <laughs> <laughs> that was just purely for your reaction <laughs> alex is like i could kill her. i'm really <laughs> loving like how much you're roasting alex today it's great alex is like i'm gonna kill her eat ass. so, so yeah okay, so we're actually working if you're gonna out. eat ass like
you know, so, so, is that going to spread? So, so I'm okay, just wondering um, with this, like, because you obviously you're a scientist, a physicist, so you have a hypothesis as ER. So, what were you doing between 12 and 3? <laughs> <laughs> 12 because we worked three. out that you were here at three, you slept at three. I think I got here at like three or something. You got here at three. Yeah, or maybe I was like out on the balcony, just like oh, looking at the view. A balcony. So yeah. there was a balcony. So what were you doing on this balcony? Looking at the view, it's quite oh, beautiful. Right. Yeah, so you weren't talking yeah. about eating. No? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no, okay no. cool. We got that out. I did eat though today with oh. Margot Robbie. Oh, you did? She was there. Oh, wow. Look at this little. Okay, anyway, we're not going oh, into God. that because, <laughs> because once we bring in, once we bring Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.